For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to the Believe in NFL Draft Prospect podcast. We are bringing you an inside look to some of the top 2022 NFL draft prospects, but I wanted to do a little bit of a different perspective here. That's really what we kind of earn for, um, is to not only just give you the player's perspective that are going through the process, but also people behind the scenes, whether that is from the agent's perspective, the coaches of the past, whether it is the evaluator's perspectives. I am bringing on Eddie McGilvra, who is a pass rush specialist, um, consultant, does a little bit of everything, and he's got a fantastic group this year for the 2022 NFL Draft, and excited to just kind of get his insight on some of these players that he's working with. Eddie, appreciate you again, man, for hopping on. Um, I know it's uh, busy times, but you got some guys down at, at the Mobile and, and competing down at the Senior Bowl, so it's, I know it's really exciting times for you throughout this process right now. Yeah, man. No, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a good time of the year. My favorite time of the year is Senior Bowl week, usually that kicks off my end season, you know, everyone else is off. Season. So you usually do Eddie. And I, I know I want to get obviously a more insight into like how you gotten started here and all that type of stuff. But so yeah. is it usually um, with some trainers I've talked to in the past, it's kind of like a two part process, right? Like before the, the, the um, all-star circuit. And then after kind of turns into more combine prep, do I have that right in a sense? Yeah, you're spot on with that. It's, it's really for, for me, I break it down in three phases. Okay. So we'll go bowl game prep, is the first phase. The guys will come back, get ready for combine pro day, which would be the second phase. And then usually, you know, they take a little break, get drafted, see the family. And then I do a third phase um, where I bring all my rookies back if, if they're able to get back to SoCal. And I kind of intertwine them with some of my veterans that start working in March. That's awesome. And again, we're, we're, um, I didn't even mention this. He's right in the uh, LA Rams backyard. So even more of a fun time seeing the Super Bowl there in only a couple of weeks. So Eddie, let me ask you this. Um, How, first and foremost, how did you get into this work? Just what's kind of your brief background in football and how did you get into the consulting coaching side of things? So I took an interesting route. Um, I went through the junior college um, program and I actually got hurt playing in JUCO and wanted to stay close to the game. So I got into coaching right away um, at the JUCO I was, I was playing at. <clears throat> My coach brought me in as the defensive line coach, and I, I realized that the lack of resources for these you know, good athletes, um, they, have, they have very few resources, and one of them was being off-season training. You know, they're pretty much on their own. So what I would do is I would get all my recruits or all my guys that were enrolled in school already in the program. And we would go on the field during the spring, during the summer, and we would just work on movement, pass rush, you know, get on the sled. And guys started really buying in and developing at a fast rate. Um, they ended up going division one. And I had 
four, I think four really good classes at that school I was at. And I realized I was like, man, I was like, I could probably turn this into a little bit of a business. Um, so I committed to it and started getting some of the top high school guys in the, in the state um, doing some Under Armour camps, you know, Nike camps, doing that type of circuit. And then, you know, with the Rams being in Thousand Oaks, which is where I am, I started getting in touch with some players and they liked what I was doing. And then I really, you know, turned it into more of a, a pro style program where the guys would come to me in the offseason, met their agents, their agents, you know, realized like, hey, guys like this guy's work. So let's get our guys prepped for for the NFL when they're rookies. And that's how the combine thing kind of happened. So from that NFL draft side, from the combine prep and all all that, um, it's it's a daunting, <laughs> grueling process to say the least. How many cycles now are you deep into that, working with those players, potentially taking their game to the next level? Yeah, so my first class was 2019 for combine. So this would be like my, I would say like third or fourth, like real like like class that I was able to program. And my first class had Quinnen Williams. You know, he was a top three pick to the Jets. And I always like joke with with people. I'm like, man, I, you know, I kind of got lucky in this situation where my name kind of floated around the right circles because of Quinnen. And um, after that, I just kind of took it and ran with it, started really digging deep into the programming. And now, you know, sitting here for 2022 draft class, I've had three first rounders in three years and I'll have, you know, potentially another two guys this year, which is a. Uh, you know, it's a blessing to be able to be in that situation where the agents and the guys trust my work. But, um, yeah, it's it's fun, man. It, it happened all so quickly, too. And I think another guy, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you also worked with Quiddy Pay during his process last year. Yes, that's right. Quiddy. That's all. Well, what a great segue. We got the Michigan defensive end. I want to move into a few of your guys, <laughs> of course, man. So, no. you got the, I mean, everybody knows Aiden Hutchinson, right? Finished second in the Heisman voting long athletic pass rusher who was coming off of an injury in 2020 during the, the latter stages of his season, decided to go back. Probably still could have been a top 50 selection or so in the 2021 process, but he wanted to go back, bet on himself. And obviously he had one of the better seasons. I've set the Michigan record for sacks in a single year. He had one of the more standout seasons we've seen in some time. So just kind of looking at Aiden, being the player that he is at this point, what are what, are, what would you say are some of the big traits that pop off the screen when you're watching him or when you're just kind of working with him on the field? What are some things that stand out? I mean, he's extremely explosive. And, you know, obviously the measurables, everybody knows, you know, 6'6", 265, extremely twitchy, long arms, great balance, good bend, great handwork. He understands how to work the pocket. Um, but what I would say is like, he, he's not content, you know, like his mind moves at a million miles per hour. He's very calm, but he's always trying to figure out how I can make this better or how I can get there faster. Um, so when we're watching film, you know, it's, it's like almost watching film with another coach and you don't say that about a lot of players, but I, uh, I always say this, man, I, I, I try to learn something from my players that way I can learn more from them than they can learn from me because obviously that helps my development in this as well. And getting with Aiden within like the first week of film session, I was like, man, I was like, this kid knows football. Like he's really diving deep into this. So I think that's, what's pretty much going to make him, you know, people are like, Oh, a bust. If you're a first round pick, are you a bust? Blah, blah, blah. There's no bust for him. You know, like he's, he's already proven himself and he, 
I've talked to him about this. He doesn't believe in pressure. Like we're not believing in pressure here. Like he's, he knows what he can do and whoever drafts him is getting a guy that's ready to play right now. You know, there might not be as much to bet on right now because we don't have football going on. All we have is the Super Bowl, and I know you can't bet on the Senior Bowl, but you can still make some of these other sports interesting like basketball, like hockey. I know that I have to do that to make it a little bit more exciting for me because it's just not the same as football. With the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website for Bet Online for you to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Also, I have to tell you folks about Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a GOAT on the field. He's a GOAT when it comes to investing, too. He invests in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like a GOAT with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing investments in art from icons, like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. And even greater art prices outpace the S&P 500 by 164% from 1992 and 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR 2021 and 2020 from the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like a goat. Get priority access with this game day promo. Go to Masterworks dot art slash believe that's masterworks dot art slash believe see important disclosures at masterworks dot io slash disclaimer lastly what's more important than peace of mind nothing and that's what nordvpn is here for to give you peace of mind while you are online and with all of the threats that you face today on the internet it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best vpn you can get NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you can never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to NordVPN dot com slash believe or use code BLEAV that's BLEAV to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money back guarantee. Absolutely. And and kind of one thing that I really stick with with that sentiment is I actually have, a, before I was full-time media, I was actually in the education background. So kind of seeing the mental process for how people kind of take things in and attack uh, things. I, I know everyone's obviously different with that approach, but how important do you think it is, not even only just for Aiden in this in this sense, but for these guys in this um, in this pro- during this process to be able to attack every day mentally? I feel like that's something that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, that's, that's extremely important. It's one of the most important parts of this you know, process in this program is um, it's a whole different game, right? From college to the pro, it changes completely. The athletes change. You know, I always tell the guys you're 21, 22 years old, and you're going to be lining up against guys who are, you know, 34, 35, got kids, you know, they got people to feed them and cut five, six times. Like they're hungry, you know, it's different. And there's no way they're just going to let a 21, 22 year old just 
get by them. You know, it's a pride thing. It's an ego thing for that. So the mental side of it is huge. And then the fatigue you usually during the program starts to kick in about week three, I would say. And right around week three, I say, hey, are you fatigued? Are you tired? And everyone's like, yeah, you know, trying to get used to it. It's different. And I'm like, that's good. Fatigue is a good thing. That means you're growing. That means there's a lot of growth. You know, you don't want to not feel fatigue because that means you haven't been putting in the work. So. Yeah, that's something that when I was coaching, we used to like tell some players because like there's some guys that just want to go in the weight room and they just want to kind of half-ass it a little bit, right? And they're mm-hmm. like, you're like, you know, do you feel the stretch? Do you feel the fatigue? Like you're kind of talking about. And they're like, no. I'm like, well, why aren't you lifting more then? Like, why aren't you putting more wa- <laughs> more weight on the bar? Like that's not how you grow, right? So I, I really love that. And I, I mean, the growth that Aiden had just in one season this past year for Michigan was fantastic. And you know, a guy that wasn't even all, really on the radar a ton. You know, I, I'm, I'm fortunately, I am from New Jersey and David Ajabo did go to Blair Academy here in North Jersey. So like I knew about him in the recruiting cycle kind of conversation, but he hadn't played a ton going into this season at Michigan. And of course he explodes double digit sacks. Everybody's freaking out because I mean, he was a 10, 900 meter guy at six, five in high school and he's six, five, plus now. And he's a freaky athlete. My first question about him outside of just the, the, I guess, the fun that you can have developing that, right, is the fact of from a coaching background myself, one thing that I always liked is like when guys have kind of a clean slate, they haven't learned any bad habits. I feel like that's where a lot more growth can happen quickly because you don't have to break those bad habits. Is that the same for you in a sense? And just how excited are you work, to work with an athlete of the caliber of a job? Yeah, that's that's extremely excited for a guy like me. Like I'm a big technician you know, the details are very important. And a guy like Jabo, like he, you know, he's been playing football, you know, he's had a cup of coffee, like it's nothing. Like he, you know, obviously from Scotland, family in Houston, but he got to Michigan, he didn't know anything. And one of the first conversations we had was he was like, man, he was like, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it because I don't know anything different. Like, and I love that. I love that from him. He's very, very vocal. He's always asking me questions. Even this morning, I woke up to some texts from him, like, what do you think about this? You know, um, sending me a video of a certain pass rush move. And I'm like, Java, I love that you want to learn all this, you know, because that tells me like your potential and your mind is, is unlimited, you know. Um, but it's it's fun, man. And like you said, he's extremely athletic. Like I've never seen somebody his size that fast, that quick, be able to bend and move like he does with effortless, effortless. It's 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 special. It's very special. And I would love, I mean, I don't really love comparing guys too much, but just maybe from your own experience of guys that you've worked with, I mean, is it safe to say that David Ajabo has the highest ceiling athletically? Like, I mean, he's got to be up there, I would think. Yeah, he's definitely got to be up there. I mean, you know, I don't I don't too much compare guys because I, I do tell guys, be yourself, and that's what got you here. You know, you got to be confident in that. But, you know, guys will look at other guys in the league and be like, oh, I want to be like Vaughn, you know, or I want to be like Khalil Mack or JJ, you know, TJ. And that's fine. You know, you want to you want to look at your idols and and grow and kind of learn things from them. But I was telling I was like, it was like at the end of the day, you're not Von Miller. You know, you're not these guys. You're going to be yourself. So find out what works for you. Um, but, yeah, his potential is through the roof, man. Um, I'm excited to see where he goes, because that's going to be a big part of his development and what kind of system he's playing in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just from your from your perspective, even odd man front, like, do you think that he could play in space or do you think he's a true, like, 4-3, let's get him in the dirt, take the shackles off, let him get after quarterback? 
I think it can, it can mix in. Like, I think he has no problem paying, playing like a base, you know, three front where he's outside and that nine tech and he can cover in space. He's very fast, athletic. I think that's where the learning and the, and the development of the schemes will come in play. Um, but then, you know, if it's a nickel package, four down, and he's standing up outside a tackle, like you better send help his way or chip or something because if he really gets going, those tackles don't want to play down there. You know, he he touches earth when he bends, and it's it's special. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I would say the one guy that I'm really excited that you're working with, I mean, all these guys are obviously fantastic, but I feel like I've been a bigger Isaiah Thomas fan throughout this summer scouting into the draft process because I just – I mean, I turned on the 2020, 2020 film when he was playing outstanding at defensive end, and then they asked him to bump inside the defensive tackle just based upon need a little bit, and they had some attrition, obviously, on the inside. He's as dominant inside as he is outside. And then you see him here on Mobile, whether he is outside track guy, like you're saying, like a nine, or he's working inside against guards and like a more natural three tech, like he is just – showing so much versatility, but working inside and out. Like I, I just think that it's so impressive to just kind of see the versatility alignments that potentially could, it, uh, that he could present um, how enticing for it is just kind of looking at him and he could be a guy that could be a, almost a matchup dictator, right? Like he could work inside and out. Like I, I would think for somebody like you, right. That's working variety of moves and the kind of the process of it, the ability for a guy like this to work so highly functioning inside and out is pretty exciting to a degree. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for him. You know, um, kind of like you said, I'm when I turn his, so one of the first things I do, let me, let me backtrack is I'll get to get from the agent who I'm working with. And the first thing I'll do is I'll turn on tape and I'll just watch and just see kind of where they're at, what they're doing, why they're doing it. And then I'll get with the player and I'll do the same thing, you know, exactly what I was doing by myself. And I want to know from their eyes what they're seeing. And what I realized with Isaiah was that he can literally play any position on the D line and he can play with success. And Oklahoma was a very multiple front. They were doing a lot of shifting, a lot of slanting. So he's learned a lot of schematics over there. He's had two different defensive coordinators, two different schemes, and it shows on tape. Um, And actually he's, getting zero media coverage right now in um, in the senior bowl, but I've been breaking down clips. And let me tell you, he went against the, uh, the Penning kid who everyone's got as a first rounder and he was cooking him. I mean, long arm folding inside swiping. He beat him off the edge with a club and then Penning threw him down on a hold. He, I think he rolled up into the QB uh, beat him inside out yesterday. He lined up at three technique, like you were saying, and his first rush, you know, swiped on a guard, got right by the guard, no problem. Like, he, um, he's still learning, too. You know, he didn't do much at Oklahoma pass rush-wise. So he's still yeah. learning. And then against the run, he's very twitchy. He has incredible lateral movement. And he's going to be able to, you know, use that against guards and, you know, duck underneath tackles and make plays in the backfield. So I'm excited for IT. I think he's going to be a sleeper, man. But I think after the senior bowl – He's going to test well at the combine. I think he'll move up in people's boards for sure. Yeah. No, I graded him. I graded him high in the summer because, I I mean, the same thing that you were just talking – the first thing that you said was against Penny was the long arm popped in my head, man. Like, he he understands how to use his leverage, you know. That's all we worked on, man. I was telling him. I was like, when you're rushing from out here, if you can get a long arm move going, you can do a lot with it. And he hit it. Yeah. How was um, for a guy like him that you mentioned doesn't have like a, you know, Oklahoma kind of asked him to maybe not be the 
premier pass rusher on the squad, right? Just how functionally how the schematics uh, played in. Um, how, I guess, how has it been kind of mixing in, you know, just his process with the counters and all that type of stuff? How has he taken to that process? Yeah, he's doing excellent, man. He, he, he asked a lot of questions too. You know, he's like, just like Jabo, he's always, they're actually training together in Exo San Diego. So nice. I get them together and they, you know, they talk a lot and they're bouncing ideas off of each other. But when he was at Oklahoma, you know, they had two edge guys that were really staying on the edge and he was rushing a lot from the three or the four. And if you look at the production, I mean, I think he was since 2020, he was like third in the NCAA in sacks behind um, Will Anderson and, and Will McDonald from Iowa state. So, I mean, the production's there and he doesn't necessarily always get a clean one-on-one rush. No. So that, that should tell you something with his game. Um, he's super young. He's super moldable. Like, I'm, I'm excited for him, man. And he's having a great senior bowl. So as soon as he gets back, that confidence now is, is the foundation. And that's scary for guys like him. And obviously he's extremely powerful, but the word that always pops in my head with Isaiah Thomas is slippery. Like he just, oh, yeah. just has an uncanny ability to get skinny and work through gaps, which I think makes him such a, a really enticing interior rusher, especially on passing down. So excited about him. A guy that I hadn't watched, honestly, in the summer or leading up to, to the, um, to the, to the, uh, to the senior bowl. And he's down there now in mobile boy, Mafe, who I put on Twitter two days ago. I was like, I'm in, I'm in a boy. Mafe. I don't even need to watch any film of him, man. Like I, those, those traits, those tools talk to me about just kind of schematically what you see as a player, maybe best fit and just what type of athlete we're working with here. Cause he looks stupid explosive. Yeah. That's what it is. It's, it's different explosive. Like it's hard to, it's hard to box him into any category because that explosion just pops. And even a couple one-on-ones he had in a senior bowl yesterday, like he gets into the tackle quick and, you know, they don't really have a choice. They either, they either have to anchor down for his power or, or, you know, he's going to get around them pretty quickly. And that's kind of what we've worked on is his counter moves because when he was in Minnesota, uh, no knock on Minnesota, you know, they're a great program, but they do the scheme to the T, right? Like, I'm not going to do anything other than this. This is my job. You know what I mean? And that's college football for you, bro. But um, but so now coming out here, he gets to play a little bit more loose. He gets to figure out what he's good at. So it was a lot like Jabo. It was a lot like working with a ball of clay, a lot of explosion, great bend, you know, have to work on hand placement, have to work on leverage, have to work on your track to the passer, um, learning some film stuff. But he's got it, man. He's got every every bit of it. Um, I think, you know, I think maybe the media isn't as high as him as scouts are because I've talked to some scouts on him. I've seen some second round grades on him. So, um, you know, not the biggest name in the draft, but I'm going to tell you, man, if you're a fan of combine workouts, this guy is going to jump 40 plus inches. His broad is going to be off the charts and he is going to fly in 40. So, you know how it is with some GMs. It's like, oh, combine workout, good pass rusher. He could get up there, man, pretty quickly. Yeah, I think so too. And I've I've learned a lesson over the last few years of evaluating. I always bet on traits at that position, always. It is such a traits-driven position. And Boy Mafe absolutely has it. And I think the one cool thing is you mentioned like that getting into the offensive tackle so quickly, that that linear explosiveness. Every rep I feel like I see, I see offensive tackles just having late hands with him right like they can't get that inside position and that i mean he could create a crazy amount of power because of it you know which is awesome. yeah it's a suddenness right it's a yeah. it's like oh man like i wasn't expecting that 
and it kind of it kind of catches you off guard. And we joke around like, you know, the, the pass rush community, we call O-linemen robots, you know, like they do the same thing over and over and over. The good ones are very technical. So yeah. if we can kind of surprise them a little bit, you know, you throw them off their technique and they kind of lose control. And another guy, another guy I want to move on to is a guy that, again, I didn't watch any film on him. I'll be very honest about any time I don't watch film on a guy before the event. But Atito Ogbenaya, I think is how you pronounce it. Hopefully I got that somewhat right from UCLA. So this guy's really intriguing to me because when I did the background, I'm a big track and field advocate for athletes just in general. I coach track and field and, and uh, football here in New Jersey and on the high school level. So I am a big advocate for that explosiveness that it brings specifically as a thrower play, playing either the offense or defense line. And I looked up and I think I saw like 68 foot shot putter. He, he participated in track and field as a thrower at UCLA. Sell me a little bit on Atito, what type of player he is. Because, I mean, right now in the Senior Bowl, we're seeing just the power that he can create, right? Like this dude is linear explosive. Yeah, he he is so powerful, man. He uh, he puts his hands on you and you feel every bit of it. He <laughs> When he gets you going backwards, there is no anchoring. You're not anchoring, you're just going down. And he showed that at the Senior Bowl in a few reps. You know, I think against um, – I'm not sure who it was, but a guard, he took them straight off the track, dumped them. And then the very next play, he hit him with a little jab and beat him inside with some quickness. So, you know, when you're six three and a half, three hundred and thirty 330 pounds and that strong, like you're you're going to be hard to block one-on-one. Now, he's he is one of those guys where if you did pop on the tape, you would be like, uh, inconsistent. And, you know, I'm I'm dead honest with these guys. I watched the tape when he was at UCLA. 50-50 of it was inconsistency and really the scheme. Like, you're not going to see a lot of UCLA guys really, like, popping off the tape in that type of scheme. It's not made for defensive linemen. And I said the same thing about um, Oso Digizua when I had him last year. It was, you know, people were like, oh, he didn't have production at UCLA. Well, it's like, UCLA guys really, do they ever have production? You know, it's more like safeties, corners, linebackers, blitzing, stuff like that. And I think he's another one of those guys that when he gets into the right system, um, he's going he's gonna to do extremely well in the NFL as long as he can fix a couple technical details that he lacked when, you know, he wasn't getting that type of coaching. Um, and, you know, now you see it like I've had him four weeks now and he gets to senior bowl and his first couple reps, he's just putting people in the backfield you know, he's got some run stuff he's got to work on, obviously, because he's young. I think he's 21 years old, so he's a baby. Um, but, yeah, you're getting, a, you're getting a nose guard that can rush and stop the run, for sure. Which is ever valuable, especially in today's game. And I think that's kind of a common theme, to be honest, as far as, like, I don't want to say put the shackles on, but a lot of these teams are just moving to, like, three-man fronts in college football, right? And they're just asking these guys to two-gap, to hold the point of attack. I mean, I, I always think of, like, Jerron Reed, Jerron Reed, when he was at Alabama, right? Like he had like a couple sacks a season and you're just like, what's the pass rush upside? Well, they get to Seattle on an attack front and you're like, oh, double digit sacks. Like that just kind of happens. Same thing with Osa. Like Osa, I, I feel like wasn't a great fit in UCLA scheme. Then he goes to Dallas and you're like, okay, now one gap penetrating type of system. That's where that growth comes, right? Mm -hmm. So no doubt. Just, just a cool little note there. And one guy, I, I kind of preface that by saying, Chris Hinton's a guy for me for Michigan that I actually did get to the tape recently. 
And I love the tools, man. And I went to the recruiting profile. I'm like, everybody wanted him. He's a long, athletic kid. But again, I think Michigan kind of, I don't want to say misused him, but like, I feel like they limited the athleticism he had. I don't know if you agree with that to a certain degree. And again, that's no shade at Michigan at all because they had a great defense and it worked. And you have those outside pass rushers too. So like, I get it. But yeah. I feel like I feel like schematically that Chris Hinton athletically probably could have done a little more from an attack style perspective. There's no doubt he was two gapping in Michigan, and before that he was three three stack. You know, it, it it's it's crazy because college football is is really just hey, do your job, don't worry about doing anything else. The plays will come, and that's that's how it is. A lot of cultures are like that. You know, you're not you're not looking for a playmaking three tech when you have. Hutch and Jabo off the edge. You know, you're looking for a guy that's just going to do his job. And I'll tell you, he has a lot of traits, man. He's really quick off the ball. He's great, great hand placement. Um, he's got great lateral movement. He pushes the pocket well. He needs to work on a little bit of uh, counters off of his power, which, you know, will come. And then his pad level gets a little high like any young guy. Um, but once he starts learning that, again, he's, he's one of those guys where he can play in a three front. He can play in a four front. He can move across the line. He's going to be a good NFL player. I mean, his dad, I didn't even know this, but when I first met him, I was getting to know him. And, you know, his dad played in the league for a long time. And he was, I guess, like a college legend and, you know, great, great guy to, to you know, defensive lineman to be around. So it's it's in his lineage. And, you know, who who knows with Chris? He the, the tape isn't necessarily there because he doesn't have that many reps. He was rotating his whole career. Um, but I, I love his game, man, and I love his mindset. Um, another one of those guys that's where he's out in San Diego with um, Isaiah and uh, Ojabo, you know, so he um, he's with a great group of guys and I think he wants to be great. And that's, that's a big part of it. If you're going to leave school early, like he did, like you have to, you have to believe in yourself and be confident and want to be great. And he's right there. Yeah. I I'm excited about him. Cause again, I think that there's more possibilities. Like I feel like people throw it out too often, but he literally could be a much better NFL player than he was a college player. Like I think 100%. upside 100%. is definitely there for him. It happens all the time, man. Not to harp on that too much, but I see this all the time, you know, high school kids won't be as good in, in high school as they are in college. And sometimes a great high school kid won't be as good as he was in high school as he's going to be in college. Like it's, it depends. You'll have a five-star kid that, you know, he might not do anything in college because he maxed out. His development is what it is, you know. Um, same thing in the NFL. You're going to get these late-round guys that come in and just, you know, they develop and you're like, whoa, where'd that come from? And they end up making a career out of it. So you'll see that a lot. Yeah. And and, and the bloodlines always matter, too. You mentioned his oh, yeah. his, his brother also plays out in Stanford, I think, right off hey, the Hey, O-Lyman at Stanford, yeah, exactly. If it runs in the blood like that, chances are you're getting a, a baller, you know. Absolutely. And the last guy that I wanted to touch on again, Eddie, I really appreciate all the time, man. This is fantastic. But the last guy, Christopher Allen from Alabama, who was a guy that was it this year? Or was it the last year he got off to a really nice start and then he got injured. I think it was this year. It was right? this year. He played the Miami game. Yeah. He had like a back and a half and then got he uh, Liz Frank on the foot had to get some screws in the foot and uh, missed the year. Yeah. You know? And well, so what's the process like him looking for? Cause I feel like he's like out of sight, out of mind. People have kind of forgotten about him. Cause like I said, early on, like, you're like, Oh, this like, Will Anderson's got a dude on the other side of him, you know, and then he gets hurt. Like what's kind of his outlook been looking like? Well, if, if you forgot about him, you, you should, you should go back and look at that junior year tape. I mean, I, I knew who he was going in because I'm a big fan of Bama edge rushers. Like they develop really well. 
And I knew who Will Anderson was obviously watching him. But if you turn on the tape from the year before, number four is the one popping. Like you're like, whoa. Yeah. yeah. You're like, who is this guy? And, you know, so I already knew who he was. I didn't realize how good of a dude he was, how much energy he had. Like he came in late to the combine program, obviously, because Bama was in the natty. Um, he was out there. He was actually practicing with them and going through everything with them, even with the foot. You know, he wants it so bad, but he's being held back with an injury. Um, again, part of the process, you know, you got to understand that that's you got to be able to settle it down when you are hurt. And he came out, man, the whole energy changed. You know, he's chopping it up with with Hutch. He's with Hutchinson and, and, and um, Otito and Boye, that group I have. And they love him, man. He brought a whole different energy. He's talking, you know, it, it's it's just great having him around. But as far as his potential on the field goes, man, if he didn't get hurt, I mean, no knock on Will Anderson. That guy's a like absolute dude. But we might not be talking so much about Will simply because of how good Chris Allen is and what he would have been doing off the edge. He's incredible. He has his first step is very explosive. He will have no problem stopping the run. His hand placement is phenomenal. Um, and then he understands, you know, where the pocket is, how to how to manipulate it, how to get inside, outside, or or bull rush. So he's he's incredible. We just started watching film, you know, because he hasn't been able to do too much on the field. But when you turn the tape on, I mean, he's a Bama kid. He he loves it, you know. And it's such an embarrassment of riches too that that deep that outside linebacker spot for Alabama. You mentioned Will. You mentioned Chris that got hurt. Dallas Turner was a freshman. Drew Sanders, right. a good player that just transferred because it's just like embarrassment of riches. So, uh, well. Eddie, I really appreciate this again, man. This was fantastic. Just kind of going through the class a little bit, getting a little backstory of, as far as how you've gotten into the business. Uh, before I let you go, if you just want to take a second to plug uh, where people can find you on, on um, all the social medias and, and if anybody's interested in the future training as well. Yeah, so my Twitter handle is DLCoachEd, just all one together. And then I, do, I post a lot of uh, videos on Instagram, training stuff. And that's just my full name, Eddie McGilvra, E-D-D-Y-M-C-G-I-L-V-R-A. Um, if, if anyone wants to follow, you know, go ahead and uh, hit the follow button. I do a lot of uh, breakdowns on there and stuff like that for film. Um, and then I'm in, I'm, I'm in California, man. I'm in Los Angeles, UCLA facility out here. They're great. They open up the doors for me in the off season, uh, pretty much from now all the way through August, man, getting guys ready to play football. Um, I'm excited. I got a big group of pros coming back very soon and should be a good time this year. Yeah, make sure to go check out. And if anybody is interested, maybe in future uh, future training, if you're out in Cali, definitely look up Eddie. Eddie, I appreciate this again, man, so much. I know a little bit of downtime with all the all-star festivities, but I know it's yeah. going to ramp up here very soon, man. I appreciate all the time today, though. This is awesome. No, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.